Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart will be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. I want us to pray today again for Israel. And I got several names here and I may miss some, but I want to continue to pray for Larry. Mike Webb is out of the hospital as of yesterday, but we need to keep praying for him and Nikki Swells, his mother and father, Carol, and Charles Herring, and also Amber. We want to continue to pray for her and Pat. This is Pat Clark. He, uh, he desires your prayers. Joe Peel, Billy Weathington. Billy's here. Glad to be in church today. He's already told me that. Got his hand in the air like he cares. Not like you don't care. He's got his hand in the air like he cares. And so uh, I'm glad to see Billy in God's house with his hand in the air. Also, Jimmy Clark, we want to continue to pray for him. And Ed Tessman. Uh, two requests I found out yesterday early in the grocery store. A lady in front of me checking out. It's, I think both of these are her grandfather, but Terry Hutchins and Paul Bunn in Moore County. Uh, Jack Cohen needs our prayers. And then the families of both Ted Parker and uh, Scott Locklear. These people uh, devastated from Christmas. And then Ted's family this week just devastated. So I want us to pray. And I want you to, to know that God, God can do this. God can heal. God can meet needs. He can do it, church. Whether people believe it or ask it or not, God, by the way, is still in the miracle business. He's still in the miracle business. A lot of, some people say that that's gone. It's not. Those are false prophets that make those statements. Miracles would not still occur if miracles did not happen. And miracles happen on a regular basis somewhere because God will always be God. He never changes. I want to pray about these needs, and I want you to pray. You can't remember all of these things, possibly, but you can pray because God said it's okay to pray. God said it's okay to make our petitions known. And I want you to pray about uh, what I'm going to be sharing Wednesday night. It's, it's very important. In fact, it's going to have a lot to do with our prayer service at the end of the month, and it... it Something that youth and youth leaders especially don't know about. It's it's going and even though I'm not preaching it there, they'll be getting it later. But it it's going to have a lot to do with the trajectory of what we will be doing in that ministry this year. So, uh, but everybody will be involved in it. So I want you to pray with me about the message and the service and the attendance Wednesday night. So let's pray, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus, every name I've called out. Lord, you know these people because you made them. And you knew at, at what crossroad in their life they would run into problems and they would come across sickness or difficulties or loss, Lord. But none of these things, oh God, caught you by surprise, Lord. You know before we wake up what we're going to do. 
not just on any given day, but you know what we're going to do all our days because you're a sovereign, all-knowing, omniscient God. And I pray, God, as you move according to your will, but, Lord, you told us to pray by faith, so I pray by faith over every name. I pray, God, over this message today, over those that will hear it later at another time. But I pray right now, God, those of us that will hear it now, that we would receive Lord, the Word of God, like God, it's food that we must have to survive our next day. And I'm asking you to anoint me, God, because I'm a man. And this is a powerful book, Lord. And and this is not robots out here. These are people, Lord, that you designed and you made. So, God, this is a critical hour right now. And I'm just a mere man, and I need help, Lord. And we need help to be able to hear what you're saying to us, Lord. So anoint me to decrease so you can increase. And I pray, God, that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, because it's God's word, I want you to stand up. Without any help from Derek or Brandon or anybody else, are you ready for your memory verse? It was a big one this week. All right, this is, what I, this is the way I'm going to do it today. I'm going to give you the reference, at least the chapter. And then I'm going to let you take it from there, all right? Everybody ready? About 50%. Let's go for 60. Yeah, I'm getting 60 back here. I look like an auctioneer. Who will give me 70? Who will give me 75? All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 11. 28, come all ye that are heavy laden, and I, man, give Jesus a hand. Don't sit down. Now, we're taking baby steps, so I'm going to tell everybody this. We're taking baby steps because I don't want you to get discouraged, so these are Uh, well-known passages. And the one for this coming week is the same thing. It's Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You get a head start, but you know you can find it. Uh, on the app, just to read and pray, click that. It'll take you to the page where the memory verses are as well as you click the green box at the top. That'll take you to the daily reading, the, the new daily reading plan. I love this new plan. I really love this new plan. And I'll tell you this, and then I'm preaching. It's hard for me not to read ahead when, I, when, I, when I'm getting into these stories, man, especially in Genesis. Now, it won't be hard when I hit Leviticus, I'm going to tell you. And, and, and that's not the only book. But right, it's hard. But I'm trying my best. I, I, I want to read with the church. I, I want to read what you're reading on Tuesday. I want to read what you're reading on Friday. If, if you're doing five days or, or you're spreading it out six or seven. The main thing is, church, this is something you can do. And you won't believe what it will do for you. Now, I'm telling you the truth because it's God's word. It's powerful. It's quicker. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. But also... You're getting it in your heart, and you're making the devil very mad. So you can go to multitudeschurch.com, 
Facebook.com slash 2024. Excuse me, you'll get to the same place. But let's do this together, all right? Now, I want I, w- I want to do this. We're going to read verse 20 of 1 Kings chapter 18, and I want you to read it with me today. And we're, we're actually going to go to verse 21, and then I'm going to have you sit down, and then I'm reading verse 22 to you, okay? So here we go. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. You can be seated. Thank you. Before I read verse 22, for those of you that may not uh, be all that familiar with the story, the first part of the scriptures in chapter 18, God says it's time for rain to come on the land because they've been without rain. And see, even though people are rebellious and people don't follow God's word, um, God's still a good God, church. He knew they needed rain. He told Elijah, he said, okay, you need to go to Ahab. And the story goes something like Ahab and Obadiah knew that there was a a lack of rain and water in the land, and they had animals they were worried about. So the king said, Obadiah, look, you go this way in the woods, and I'm going to go that way in the woods. And they did, and sure enough, on the trip, Elijah was in the pathway where Obadiah was. And Obadiah said, oh, my goodness alive. He didn't say it like that, but I'm just breaking it down for you. He, he said, oh, my Lord. And he began to, he began to tell him that uh, the reason I'm here speaking about uh, Elijah now is because I want to see Ahab. And he got kind of upset and worried about that. Obadiah did because he said, I know what's going to happen. The minute I go and I tell Ahab that you are here, the Spirit of God is going to take you somewhere else. It's going to transport you to another place. Now, I've been in chapter 18 within the past year, but we've taken different elements of this scripture. So if you remember maybe back in July or on Youth Sunday, I was sharing parts of this same story. but not what we're looking at today. But I want you to know how we're getting to where we're about to be. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I will be here. God is my witness. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be right here. Go get Ahab. And so he went and got him, and they had a, they had a conversation, and Ahab didn't have a lot of care for Elijah. But this is what he said to do. Go get the prophets. And have them all, let's meet at Mount Carmel. Now, if you were here last Sunday morning, kind of the theme and the title for this was, and Derek made a really nice slide that I love, and it's, it was, the slide was titled, Opium 
not open, opim for business. Because last week, you know, we talked about the lady with the issue of blood, but it was about the observation she made. And then her observation made her get in a participation mode. And then she did that, and then there was great expectation because she knew who Jesus was. Now, there was a lot of people, as I said last week, that observed, but only this lady, the Bible says, the one that actually participated at the level she did to get manifestation at the end. Today, I want to talk about this again, but from a whole different perspective. Because you see, Elijah, when he met with these prophets, and, and by the way, that wasn't the only prophets there. There were 400 other prophets that were kind of designated for Jezebel's use. So you, you have a total of like 850 false prophets. And then verse 22 said, then Elijah said unto the people, I, and if this, is, this is your scripture, this is your portion of the scripture today. I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Elijah made an observation that there were 450 and then 400 additional false prophets that did not serve God. And it's one thing if a man decides, well, I'm not going to serve God. But it's a whole different issue if a man says, well, not only am I not going to serve God, but I'm going to lead you in a way away from God. And that's what false prophets do. They wear the clothes that look like a legit prophet, but, but their speech and, and their leadership is not one toward heaven. It's one toward hell, and they don't tell you that's where they're pointing you. They just do that in their deception and in their doctrine and their form of doing this. And this is what uh, uh, Elijah observed. He says, wait a minute. There's 850 people all around me, and I am the only true prophet. I'm the only prophet of Jehovah God. When you and I are caught in those situations, and we all are at some point or another, we do one of two things. Either we will shut up and just say, well, I better mind my own business. Or number two, we will say, wait a minute. I don't care if everybody else is saying the same thing. I am a prophet of God. I am a Christian. I'm a blood-bought child of God. I've been saved by the blood of Jesus, and this is not right. And I observe this. I don't care if they stone me, tar and feather me, kill me, ostracize me, if, if, if they uh, terminate me at my job or ask me to leave my classroom, whatever it is, I am not going to be quiet about this. We do one or two things. You see, because you live in a world full of false prophets inside of the church, but you live out in a world that's full of false prophets that's pointing people to 
Satan and his kingdom and his realm every day. In all manner of technology, it's there, and it's just in our culture and our society. And that's what Elijah did. He said, well, all of these people, and see, here's the deal, church. He was that confident in his relationship with God that he knew what God was going to do because God was the one that led him there all alone by himself with no, with no entourage or no posse. He was the only one. God didn't send four others with him. God sent Elijah. You know, I'm going I'm to jump way ahead to the end. God still has you here because he's still sending you today. And I don't have to ask you to raise your hand or say amen or clap. You know you're living in a world that's full of false prophets and people serving everything but God. Amen. We all know that. We don't even have to say anything about that. And, and he's not the only one scriptures record that's done this. David, as a young boy, he was surrounded with all kind of fighters and warriors that had equipment like you would not believe because even the king tried to put it on him. But it didn't change his commitment to God one bit at all when he was the only one. Even though when there was an army that should have been going against the Philistines and namely should have been challenging Goliath, but he was the only one. So it doesn't matter how many uh, soldiers was around David. It doesn't matter how many uh, coats of armor and javelins and spears and swords there were there that day. It doesn't matter. If you're not going to stand up and do your job, you're just a clanging cymbal. You're no good. You're, you're salt that's lost its flavor is what the Bible says. And then you got Joshua and Caleb. They were sent, and others could have spoke up, but they're the only ones that came and reported back and said, wait a minute. We can take the land. It's loaded. God has blessed this land. And, and, and you know this story where they even had to carry vines of grapes that were so full and luscious. Everybody that's eaten a grape in the past 14 days say amen or something made from a grape. Say amen. Yes, you have. So you can appreciate this. Those grapes were so full. Those Two men had to carry it between their shoulders. So they knew what God was trying to give them. And they were the only ones out of many spies and many representatives. Everybody else said, we can't do it. But they said, yes, we can. We can do this. You see, God's always got people somewhere. And when we don't represent God on any given day of our lives, it's like God not getting what he paid for. And all of you in here, if you've lived and shopped long enough, you have felt what that feels like. You know, I don't, I don't know how many times this has happened to me, but I know that more than one time I've went and having a chicken bog sale, and I'm trying to do my part. Yes, I am. Amen. And I'm buying cases of cream of chicken soup. Don't be nudging somebody and say, is that on the fast? It ain't on the fast. Cream of chicken soup don't grow out of the ground on a vine, by the way. But it's like you're going to buy some, 
And then, you know, you're talking to the cashier. They're talking to you. And for whatever, and, and maybe the carousel spinning around and all that. And you, you, you bought the whole case. And then, you know, what happens? You get home and you don't have one bag, you know, because they put one item in one bag. You got 97 bags when you get home. The bill's $300, but you, you, you just, you got 97 bags. And you get home, and you look in the bag, and the one thing you're looking for, well, it ain't there. And then all the Christianity rises to the top in you because you don't live across the street from the grocery store. You live out in the country, and it takes 15 minutes, and it was jam-packed before you left, and the lines were long because these stores don't believe in but two cashiers on a busy day, but they got 30 lanes. Somebody want to say amen. That ain't going to help you grow spiritually, but that will help you feel better for about eight seconds. And you're home, and you've got all this going on in your mind. I ain't going back to town. I ain't doing it. And you got a decision, a decision to make. I'm either going to have to change, modify the recipe. I'm going to have to do like Opie and Angie. We're going to have to reach back in the cabinet and get food we bought 12 years ago that we hadn't purged yet and pray over it, hope it, because we don't want to go back to town. And we don't want to go back to town, but we do want to go back to town because we didn't get everything we paid for. And it's aggravating, it's frustrating, it's inconvenient to think about getting back in the car, getting in a line, finding somebody, going through the spiel again. We can't give you your money back. Uh, we can give you a gift card and you'll have to go shop and do all of the things. See, you don't want to do that. But that's what it feels like when you don't get what you pay for. It brings a lot of grief. And I have thought more than one occasion, how does God feel when every day of my life he doesn't get what he paid for when Jesus shed his blood at Calvary not to buy just my heart, but he bought all of me. He bought my hands. He bought my feet. He bought my mouth and my eyes and my ears. He even bought this wave motion. He even bought this bow down and kneel motion. He bought it all. He bought all the things that I have stored up, the scriptures like Jeremiah 33.3 or Matthew 11.28 or uh Romans 12, 1, or John 3, 16, or John 3, 17. God bought all of that. And when he sees on any given day, I did what I wanted to do that day. I lived my life. I got all of my stuff done, but I kind of just left God sitting on the throne in heaven. And I didn't tell the cashier that Jesus loves her. Or I didn't tell the people in front of me. I can help you pray about that. I'll write those grandpa's names down. When I don't give God everything he paid for, God's got to feel frustrated, church, or at least hurt. And he didn't have to worry about that when people like Elijah was alive because, you know what, Elijah, if you could talk to him today, and by the way, I don't want a soul to be here, but you know what's so uh, ironic about me preaching about him? Somebody that you know is going to get to see Elijah one day on this earth. I don't want it to be any of y'all because if you don't know what I've been preaching for the past 
gear heavily that when those two prophets are sent back to earth, some say Elijah and Enoch, some say Elijah and Moses. I know Elijah's one of them. And I won't be here, I really, really, really won't be thinking about two witnesses or anybody else when I'm sitting with Rick and we're trying to fight over that chicken leg at the marriage supper. But somebody's going to be here and they're going to see Elijah because he's going to be here preaching the Word of God for those uh, time, uh, that time period when people are given another chance. That's another message another day. But Elijah didn't let the fact that he was by himself. He didn't have to have a buddy. He didn't have to have uh, uh, 11 disciples with him. He knew that God was there, and I'll go ahead and tell you what the, the, the climax is of this story. He did. They built a fire, or they, they, they built an altar. They put an animal on there and called for fire, cut themselves. But guess what? Their bell God never showed up because he's dead. He's not real, you see. And then Elijah prayed a little 63-word prayer, I believe it was. And, but before that, they had completely wet everything on the altar, wet it around even in a trough where it spilled over. And by the time, he didn't even get that prayer out hardly before the fire fell from heaven. He knew his God because he was in that situation with God. And church, I'm telling you, when you represent God, you give God everything he pays for every day of your life you can pray prayers and fire will fall you can witness to people and they're going to want to know about your Jesus when you give God all of you every day God you gave me one more day I've seen the 14th of January in the year 2024 I'm not going to leave anything because see really truly honestly me and you are the register it's up to we're the cashier it's up to us to make sure that God gets that bag slam full and when I get to the end of my race when my shift's over with I can say on Monday morning before God I gave you everything yesterday I didn't leave anything on the carousel I didn't leave anything on the register I gave you everything God and if you let me see the 15th I'm going to wake up whether I'm healthy or whether I'm sick even the person at the doctor's office taking my temperature I'm going to get Jesus out or I'm praying for you some kind of way because God deserves everything that he paid for and that's what I want him to have and you know it's a hard thing because we've used words I've heard it when I was at Springfield and I was uh, working with youth down there we talked about peer pressure 30 years ago I know about peer pressure. I know about adult peer pressure. I know about job peer pressure. I, I, I know about it. I have my own that I have to deal with. But can I tell you that we are never alone? See, Joshua said, I mean, Elijah said, I, I'm the only prophet, but he knew that he wasn't by himself. He was the only prophet that people could see. But see, he had a God sitting there waiting on him to get through with the order that he put in. Put that animal there. Build that altar. Repair the altar. Get the water and load it down. He was already there waiting to go boop, 
and fire fall from heaven and consume everything, including the water around there. God never left him not one minute because God created me. God loves me. God sent his son Jesus to die for me. And besides, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you're never really standing. If you're in a class full of people making fun of you being a Christian, if you're still in school or college or whatever, you're not by yourself. Don't be afraid to throw out some Jesus to them or say, well, I love you and I'm still praying for you. You're not by yourself. There's more on your side at any given part of your day than the world could ever have because God is with you and God is for you. He's not just the God of rain that he brought later, but he's the God of fire. He's the God of power and God will still make a way for you even if nobody in your house will stand with you. God's already stood with you. God will do that. He's a faithful God. Of all the people that are living in this earth right now, the children of God never have to drop their head and walk around like this. Every You don't have to do that. When you were in sin, when you were in the world, you might have had to do that on a bad day. But we as believers, we don't have bad days. We have inconveniences that we have to deal with sometimes. We have broken pipes in our house, if you will, that we have to, or flat tires, or we just have life to deal with. But we don't have a bad day because every good gift comes from above. And you know what? This is the day the Lord has made. How can I call it a bad day? I'm supposed to rejoice, hallelujah, and be glad in it. So don't come looking to me to get into your negative party or get in your political party or get into your economy party. I'm here to have a glad good day because I got a God watching me and he's just waiting to respond to the next time I pray or the next time I do something in the name of Jesus. Every day is good and I can stand up when no other preacher will stand up. You can stand up when no other Christian will stand up. Why? Because God loves you and God's watching you and God's counting on you to fill the bag and make sure nothing's left on the counter. That's the kind of God you all serve. That's the kind of God I serve. A long time ago, and this, this comes with an apology. But a lot of you know that I used to be in the sign business. And sign business, a lot of that inc included doing um, promotional type stuff and Man, I I I got to I got to go through with this example, but I'm having to go through it with my hat in my hand because one of the things I did a long time ago was uh, the plant where Ed works at. They they had a campaign that said "Right from Me," and I had gotten them some ink pens, and it had a little uh, logo on there. And so, let me tell you the, uh, the serious part of this first. Well, no, let me tell you where I am right this minute first. And so, I, I knew that, man, I wish I could get my hands on one of them pens because I was going to show you this ink pen. 
that I text Ed, and he found one and brought to me this morning. And he, I can't look over there when I'm saying this next part because I know he's over there. And he gave that pen to me. My words were, as soon as I get through preaching, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm backstage praying, waiting to come out of the dressing room back there where I'm sitting. I take the pen. Is he looking at me, y'all? Okay. He saw me. Anyway, hey, brother. I took the pen and I put it on the paper because it was in my pocket. And I was going to come out here and I was going to get Logan or Joshua or holding one of these guys to hit me up right here with the camera. And somewhere between the dressing room and, and coming out here, that pen that I was going to show you, it, it's back there. And, and there's something going on right now. It may, it may show up. And, and Ed, I, I'll find it after church if it don't show up. I really will. Or I'll have another one made. Since I'm not ordering a $500,000, it might cost me $700 to order one, but I, I, I'll get you one. But seriously, the Angie took that thing and didn't tell me she had it. That's a good woman right there, y'all. Good grief. So, let's get back to, to business, Ed. I ain't, I ain't walking back that way with you. And I, I don't have all of the... the um, campaign this was like a this was a campaign they used because you know I was just selling an ink pen but it says right here right from me now I don't expect them to get this on a camera but I just want to tell you this and then there's a star so in other words in the plant whenever something left this person in the line or whatever it would be I'm assuming that when that person got through with their part of it, it was right when it left them. Is that am I close, Ed? Okay. And I thought about this ink pen, and I thought about that campaign. I thought about that register and that cashier. And I thought about Almighty God. Lord God, I just know that when I laid down, tonight I just know that that when I left work today I know when I left school today when I left that appointment today it was right from me I made sure somebody knew about you Jesus I made sure somebody heard about you because I realized God I may be the only prophet that person ever sees in their life everybody else might be Christians, but they might be false Christians. You, you hear what I'm saying? Pastor, are you judging? No, I'm not judging at all. I don't have to judge. If you're not telling people about Jesus, 
you might not be a disciple of Jesus. You might be a disciple of a denomination you were raised in or a disciple of uh, modern Christianity. But people that are disciples of Jesus are actually following Jesus and they're mimicking and imitating Jesus. And I can say, Jesus, when I left, the lawyer's office or the doctor's office or I left from getting my uh, food picked up or my oil changed. It was right from me. There was a prophet there when I left because I made sure that somebody heard your name before I left the premises. And church, if you want to see revival in your home, if you want to see revival in this community, if you want to see revival in this church, all you got to do is live with a right from me Elijah mentality. God, I can't help what 450 people are doing. I can't help what the church is doing across the state or across the street or across the world, but I can't help what I'm doing. I'm going to make sure, Lord, that it's right. People know that I love you, that I'm not one way today and another way tomorrow. I'm a prophet of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a preacher of righteousness. I want people to know that Jesus really is your only hope. He is your only way because he's the truth and he's the light. And you ain't going to get out of this without Jesus is all I can tell you. I'm going to ask you to stand if you'll stand with me. Because the scripture is this right here. This is what we're aiming for, church. Didn't give you a lot of scriptures today because I want two of them to sink in deep into your heart. The first one is that 21st verse. I, even I, and I pray in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, across every person here. Lord, I pray right now that they would leave this building with that mentality. I, even I, might be the only one. And the other scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 7. This is the milestone. This, this is the peak of life right here. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. See, that's where the rubber meets the road. A lot of people don't understand whether you admit it or not, believe it or not, or want to accept it. According to God's word and that expectation of what he's paid for, you're still on a course. And I'm afraid a lot of people are going to fail or flunk that course is what the preacher is afraid of. That's why we're doing homework every week. Thank you, Lord. Learning a little Bible verse. Reading a little bit in our Bible at least five days a week. Because we're working on a course, you know. If you don't do your work, you know what happens, don't you, church? I'm, you, you're still working on a course. Don't tell me how long you've been a Christian or how short a time you've been a Christian. You don't know a lot about the Bible. It don't have anything to do with that at all. It has everything to do with finishing your course. And Daddy's here, and he can correct me, but, and I, I've told you this, I know at least once over the years, but my grandma swells. I loved her. Oh, I, I, I loved all the grandparents I knew, but my grandma swells, uh, 
I'd go squirrel hunting behind her house, down behind the mule that was there. And uh, I'd man, I'd come up there, briars would be all over me as far as scratching me. I'd do some rabbit hunting back there too, and I wouldn't bring nothing back. But when I'd come back, the few times that I hunted there, Grandma would always, she would have something to eat. And then she, she passed in 82, right, Daddy? And there was a, a fella uh, that sang a song, Amos McManus. Black fella from Hamlet that, because our families were all like that, the shoe, shoe business and all over there in Hamlet. So that, that's how we were raised. But he sang a song I, I remember to this day. Let the words that I speak. Let the deeds that I do speak for me. The things that I've done, let, let them speak for me. Not my mouth. Let, let the works that I do speak for me. See, we can't leave anything at all. The worst day of my life, God still knows what he paid for. You know when you get home what you paid for. You know, thank you, Lord. A lot of times, again, when you get home, the thing that was left was really the thing you couldn't do without all that other stuff. You just got it because you was there. Has anybody ever done that besides me? That was the thing I went for. That was the thing that we needed right now. God saying, you are the thing I went for. You are the thing. That I went and died for. I sent Jesus for. Yeah, I sent. But you are the one. Your husband is the one. Your child is the one. Your co-worker is. That's the one I went for. That's who I went for. I ain't getting what I paid for. Can you at least tell him you're praying for him? Can you at least invite them to church? Can you at least fast one meal and say, God, I want you to have them one way because you paid for them. See, he's a good God, church. Hallelujah. I felt led to do this today. Anybody in this building that you need special prayer right now because there's something that's burning inside of your heart. I don't care if it's a sickness or if it's a lost loved one or somebody that needs deliverance or somebody that's wayward. God has laid it on my heart to pray for you right now. And I'm just telling you, you know, I'm not big into observation, so I need you either praying or praising out there or worshiping and praying right here, okay? Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, you know how to move in Mark's life. Lord, you know what to do. And God, I give you praise right now that there is nothing too difficult for you. God, Billy Weathington's not one inch out of your sight, God. You made every cell in his body, Lord. And you're not afraid of any doctor's report, Lord. God, you are his chemotherapy, Lord. God, you are able to do things, God, that man can't do. And Lord, you said, 
Whose report will you believe, God? And I know the diagnosis might be correct and it might be accurate and everything might be exactly as they say. But God, there's another report too. And that is, will you trust me? Will you trust me? And God, we trust you right now. I trust you, Lord. God, I know, Lord, you order Billy's steps. You know where he is. You know what he's going to do. You know what's going to take place. But, God, it don't hurt for us to agree together in the name of Jesus. And, God, we do that right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We agree, Lord, hallelujah, one more time, God, that you would do what pleases you in his life. He's your child, Lord. He's your child. Get what you're expecting out of his life. Get what you paid for out of the life of Billy Weathington, God. This might not be all you paid for, Lord. You might... God have paid for a thousand souls to be won by this man, Lord. God, in the name of Jesus, you can sustain him. You sustained Hezekiah's life, Lord. And God, you raised Lazarus from the dead. So what is this to you, Lord? Oh, Lord, it's just another prayer request. So God, we praise you right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, I pray you would touch Brianna, Lord. I pray for the baby. I pray for Brielle. I pray for Evan, Lord. And I pray, God, you would do a work, Lord, that only you can do in their life and their family. God, and I pray, Lord, for Pat, Savior, you're able to meet him. God, you can go to Asheboro because you're already there and you can move in his room, Lord. You can renew every part of his body just like you can for Billy. Lord, none of this scares you. You're not intimidated by it, Lord. It hadn't caught you by surprise or off guard. And I'm asking you, God, in the name of Jesus, to do what God, hallelujah, is going to glorify you, Lord. I pray, God, for James. I pray for Judy, Lord. And God, and I pray, Lord, for Diane. I anoint Judy in behalf of Diane, Lord. And I asking you again, Lord, another situation, Lord, that seems terminal, Lord. But again, your word prevails and your word supersedes everything, God. I ask you, Lord, hallelujah, to show yourself strong, to meet the need in the way you see fit to need it. But God, most of all, let lives be changed and saved. Lord, I pray for Punkin. I pray that you would touch her. I pray for Chris. I pray for the grandchildren. I pray for Les, Lord, that you would do a mighty work in her life. God, you're able to take back, Lord, and repair everything, God, that she's struggling with right now because you're good God, Lord, and you know how to take care of your own, Lord. You've got a will. You've got a way. You've got a timeline, God, but you told us to walk by faith, and we're doing it, Lord. We're walking together. We're bearing one another's burdens, Lord, and I do. We lift up the entire family, Lord, that they'll be saved, Lord. They would know you. They'd be healed, God. You'd meet their needs and let souls and lives be changed through it, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, Lord, over Reggie. I pray over his, his mother and his stepdad. God, you're able to take care of that situation, Lord. God, you're able to move in private needs that he has. People that he's, he's witnessed to this week, God, you can let those seeds grow and mature. I pray, God, every person he talked to, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, the Spirit of God would break, Lord, and open eyes that need to be opened so people are not left here lost, God. Pray for Barbara, God, and all the many people 
God, that you've given her favor with and she's connected to. Lord, I pray, God, that you would continue to use her as a prayer warrior, Lord, and as an encourager, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would touch her in her body, Lord. I pray, God, for everything that she's prayed about, Lord God, that you would take care of it, Lord, in your will and your way, Lord. I pray, Lord, for the lost people, God, that she knows, Lord. I pray you would touch them in the name of Jesus, God. People that's confided in her, Lord, that's never darkened the door of a church, God. You, in the name of Jesus, would save them, Lord. I'm praying, God, that you would make a mighty way where there seems to be no way, Lord. I pray over every need, God, that you would supply it, Lord. I pray over Nathan, God, and what you're doing in his life, that you would continue to anoint him, God. I pray for Hannah, Lord, and where she is, she would be salt and light, God. I pray for her family, Lord. They would come to know you, that you were the sweetest thing we could ever experience. Give her wisdom, God. Touch Bobby, Lord, every customer he comes in contact with, every time he suffers in his back, oh, Lord, you took stripes on your back so it could be healed, Lord. I pray for Mallory, where she's working, where she will be working, her circle, Lord. And I pray for Devin in the name of Jesus, God. You would touch him and his family, God. I know you're able to draw, Lord, and I pray this. I pray for Wanda, God. I pray for Haley, Lord. I bring her to you. God, you blessed her with a talent and an ability, and you can speak to her. God, she's still got many good days in front of her to praise you with, God. And you can use that young lady's voice, God, in her testimony. So, God, I pray you would bring her in. I pray for Aaron, Lord, and the network she has, Lord, of people. I pray for an anointing, God, Lord, like she's never had before. And the desire, God, you would do what you can do, Lord, and use the time that's allotted. And I pray, God, you touch joy. I pray, Lord, for Austin and Shane and Savannah. I pray for Stephen and Lauren, God, you would touch them. I pray for joy at work, Lord. I pray for you to touch her in her body, Lord. God, you're able to meet needs, Lord, and you're able to anoint her footsteps everywhere she goes. I pray, God, against every spirit, Lord, every opposing spirit at Deborah's office, God, in the name of Jesus, God, that you would move in ways, God, that people are not even expecting you to move, God. Lord, every person in that place could be saved, Lord, and know and serve you. And I believe this, Lord. We bind together. You said if we bind it here, it's bound in heaven. And we lay it at the foot of the cross, God. I pray for Noah right now, Lord, and I pray for Jenny, Lord. God, I pray for Amber, Lord, you would strengthen her today, Lord that she would know that there's a mighty God, Lord, that's touching her and renewing her day by day, Lord, and she's going to be stronger than she's ever been, Lord. She's going to be more determined than she's ever been, Lord. I pray that you would give them the strength they need, God, to help and be there, to be prayer warriors in the house, Lord. God, to be there to support, Lord, and come against the enemy in any way he tries to move in that life and in that situation, God. You would do it, Lord. You're able. Anoint them. God, fill them with the Holy Ghost. God, in the way, Lord, like they've never, ever experienced you, Lord, so that the enemy would be afraid every day that they breathe, God. I pray, God, you touch Becca, Lord. I pray for her family, Lord. I pray for her co-workers, God. I pray, Lord, for her extended family, Lord. 
I pray for needs that she has, Lord, that no one but you knows about. God, I pray for her circle of friends, Lord. They would see the light, God, that that Becca has, Lord, and they would they would long for you, Jesus. They would just see by her testimony and commitment, Lord. Anoint her for these days, Lord. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you touch Brenda, Lord. I pray, Lord for our family, God, in the name of Jesus, those that are wayward, Lord, those that are lost, that they would see, Lord, the day and the hour is right now of salvation. And I'm asking you, God, Lord, do whatever you have to do. Lord, we don't like that sometimes, but I pray it, God, do what you have to do. Eternity is forever, Lord. So do what you have to do in this earth, God, to open eyes, Lord, to stir hearts, Lord. I pray for Zach and his entire family, Lord. God, I thank you for his commitment. I thank you for his determination. And I pray, God, that you would lead him and guide him in the path, Lord, you have for him. Open doors that are so obvious that it's you doing it, Lord, that nobody, Lord, nobody can believe it, God, and use him to be a vessel and a mouthpiece. I pray for his siblings and his daddy, Lord, his mother. I pray for his whole family, God, that in the name of Jesus, Lord, there would be healing, God. There'd be restoration. There'd be salvation, God. And anoint him with the power of the Holy Ghost. Fill him, God, so this can be done, God. I pray, God, for Billy. And I pray for Jackie, Lord. I pray for Jackie's family, Lord that you would touch them, God, as you continue to mend and touch them and help them every day, Lord. You said you are acquainted with our grief and you know how we feel at any given moment. And God, you kept Jackie here because, God, she's such a blessing and she's here for your glory, Lord. And the enemy, Lord, will do all he can to try to afflict us and assault us. But God, you said if you're for us, who can be against us? So God, anoint her, Lord. At, at her jobs that she works, Lord, and the load that she carries, Lord, and she bears, that you would touch her with a special grace, Lord, and an anointing, God, cover her, fill her with the Holy Ghost. And Billy, Lord, I pray for his mother and his family, God. I'm asking you, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, to use him in a way at work, God that the enemy is frustrated, Lord, every day that he walks into that plant, God, that the anointing of God is on him, Lord. Deliver him. Set him free of anything that the enemy would try to use against him, oh God, and empower him through the Holy Ghost, God. I pray this, God. I pray it today, Lord, that he would be a weapon for you, Lord. And I'm asking you to be glorified, God. I'm asking you to be glorified, God. You're worthy of it all. Just sing to him out of your heart, church. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve. You deserve the glory. sing don't just sing this song praise God
Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath, and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face? and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now so I want to pray for you, God. I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer 
at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.